This podcast is brought to you by Erickson Immigration Group. Welcome to Immigration Nerds. On Tuesday, October 6th, in tandem, the Department of Labor and Department of Homeland Security released two major regulations that will overhaul the guest worker program, largely targeting wage and degree requirements for specialty occupations. Patrick Pazilla, the Deputy Secretary of Labor, called the changes announced on Tuesday long overdue. Quote, with millions of Americans looking for work as the economy continues its recovery, immediate action is needed to guard against the risk that lower cost foreign labor can pose to the well-being of U.S. workers. Erickson Immigration Group's managing attorney, Christine Anand, takes us through how these two new rules are likely to play out for visa petitioners and their companies. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. We received news yesterday with some groundbreaking releases in terms of new regulations from the Department of Labor and Homeland Security. So uh, there were two rulings. I wanted to walk through methodically each of them. But first, can we start with Department of Labor, what they release and when it will come into effect? Sure. So the Department of Labor um, issued a new rule. The draft came out yesterday and it will go into effect immediately tomorrow on Thursday when it's published. Um, And that rule increases prevailing wages for H-1B visas, other employment-based visas, and also uh, most employment-based green cards. Got it. Got it. And what was the reasoning behind this, uh, you would say? So do you... DOL says that this new rule will protect U.S. workers. It'll protect them both from being replaced by foreign workers who might be willing to accept lower wages and from general wage suppression that could be caused throughout the economy. Right. And who does this affect and when will this go into effect, actually? Mm-hmm. Right. So it it takes effect immediately on Thursday. Um, they They skipped the traditional um, review period called a notice and comment period um, by saying that there's, you know, sort of an economic emergency caused by the the downturn due to COVID um, and that this rule really needs to take effect immediately to perfect, um, to protect uh, U.S. workers and their wages as they are going back to work. Um, And it affects any U.S. employer who hires foreign nationals, pretty much, um, the vast majority of work visas and employment-based green cards will be affected by this rule. Right. Um, I think uh, King Cuccinelli said that the changes will affect over one-third of all H-1B visa petitioners. So um, it's quite a large portion. It's a overarching <laughs> regulation that affects all. What can companies and petitioners do to be prepared for this new change? So this new change, it will increase the prevailing wages, which are the the minimum sort of wage that you need to pay these foreign workers um, to be in their jobs immediately. And so, you know, some companies who are competing for top of market talent might not see that big of an impact immediately if they're already paying, you know, sort of well over um, that floor that was set. But most companies can't do that or offer, 
you know, maybe some mix of incentives to people that they hire, um, you know, like startups will maybe offer stock options and things like that in addition to salary. And they, they could feel a pinch um, immediately as these wages jump up. Right. Okay. So in, at the same time, Department of Homeland Security released a, a new rule defining the specialty occupations. And it requires petitioners to prove they have a college degree in the specific field that they are seeking work in. Um, so when I was reading that, I was kind of confused because I thought that was already in place. So what's different from what we had previously to now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a great question. And it's true, you know, some of the fundamentals haven't changed, but they've really sort of narrowed the definition of who qualifies. In the past, we could show that a job normally requires a bachelor's degree, and that job would qualify for an H-1B visa holder to enter it. You know, for instance, a software engineer. Most of those jobs require a bachelor's degree in something related to software engineering. That you know, that makes sense. But there are some jobs out there probably that may have slightly lower requirements. Um, we used to be able to say that because it was the normal requirement, it was okay. Now, um, we can't use that argument. You could only use that argument if every job in that occupation requires a bachelor's degree, for instance, a doctor. Right. Um, you absolutely can't be one unless you have that degree. Now, there are still other ways to qualify engineering jobs and things like that, but it does make it tougher to make those arguments. Got it. Um, And when will this go into effect? That goes into effect in 60 days, so early December. Right. Just thinking about the the reasonings uh, behind this because of COVID and this economic recession, we want to reserve jobs for U.S.-born workers. So What's the reasoning? How much credence does this have, (laughs) I would say? Sure. So, I mean, their position is that there are U.S. workers out there who could be doing these jobs. Um, I think that employers' position, uh, for the most part, is they they are looking for talent and they don't care where you were you know, born or where you're from. Um, They just want people who can do the job. And if they're tapping into um, foreign nationals to, to fill these jobs, it's because they need that talent. They, they need more than they can find just out of the pool of people who are born in America. Right. Um, And, and it shows through many, many statistics that we've (laughs) sort of went over in previous episodes on immigration nerds of how, immigrants bring a net positive impact on the economy, right? Um, In terms of economic value, and they don't uh, take away jobs, they actually provide more jobs, entrepreneurship, or any different types of innovations uh, within their company that will bring more revenue and the need for more workers. So as an attorney, now, how would you advise people who come to you, workers, people who are going through the H-1B process right now, um, how would you advise during this time period? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the absolute first thing I'd say is, you know, let's not panic uh, because both of these rules are very likely to be challenged in court. Got it. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, procedurally and because of the substance of the rules, we think that there will be lawsuits and, you know, it, it may not be that they go into effect immediately or that what ultimately goes into effect looks like what we read today. Um, no. That being said, you know, if they do, um, we're just going to have to be working really closely with both the employees, the, the new hire candidates, and also the employers to get a lot of specific information about the jobs, uh, specific information about the candidates' backgrounds that we might have been able to skip over before in terms of the DOL rule and the wages. Um, you know, we may need to look at bumping up those salaries or, um, you know, there are also private wage surveys that may still be accepted under this new rule. Mm. Um, so we might see an increased use in those as well. Okay, so still pending. All right, uh, thank you so much uh, for this insight, Christy. I appreciate it. And I'm sure once we get uh, more clarity and updates on this, I'll have you back on. You're welcome, always great to talk to you. Thank you to lead researcher Con Branch, assistant producers Luke Bianco and David White, and music by Brandon Williams. Follow Immigration Nerds on Twitter at IMMNerds and Erickson Immigration Group on LinkedIn to join in the conversation. I'm Ian Gaines. See you next week.